0: ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel. And today we're going to be breaking down an individual player profile and somebody that I think is very important to talk about. We've done a couple of these so far to this point, right? We talked about Aaron Jones. Should you buy or sell on him? Check out that video. We've done them on wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins in the first round, Amari Cooper as a potential second round or even a top 10 wide receiver for a lot of people currently out there, including some of the average draft positions, all those things. Now, these are players that I want to be ahead of, right? While we're in the summer, I want to draft them before their ADP rises or before the ADP ADP starts to fall as we continue to fade them. Or maybe we're just going to remain ahead of them or continue to fade them no matter where the ADP goes. Now, Jonathan Taylor is not one of those players that I'm looking to fade. He is not a guy that if he's getting taken in, in the end of the third round, he falls to the fifth round. It's an automatic smash button. I don't even care if you have three running backs already. He just became your fourth running back through five rounds because that's how much of a value that would be in the fifth round. If you get him in the fourth round, where a lot of the times he's going right now, I think that's very fair value. If you end up reaching on him in the second round, that's a little bit early. But right now, based on where he's going on average, around the end of the third, really middle of the fourth round. I think that's a very good pick. And that's just on average, which means he is falling into the fifth round, especially if you're going to be drafting in spots where people in your league don't follow the NFL draft. They don't keep up with all the rookies that are coming into the league. They don't keep up with backfield competitions. There's a really good chance that he's going to be falling past some other guys in his range that people will recognize. David Johnson. David Montgomery, Le'Veon Bell. These are other names at running back position that are being drafted around him. There's a good chance if people don't know who Jonathan Taylor is or what he's going to bring in the Indianapolis Colts offense, they're just going to skip on him because of just unknown and ignorance at that point. So this video is going to be all about Jonathan Taylor, but not also just Jonathan Taylor, the Indianapolis Colts backfield as a whole, this team in general, they're rushing offense, but why you should be buying Jonathan Taylor as I record this video towards the end of June. And very likely the odds are that all throughout the summer you should be buying him because I don't ever expect his ADP to just get situated and locked in as a second round pick or even an early third round pick with all the other running backs that are currently going ahead of him. And even wide receivers, the tight ends, the top guys usually get taken. The two top quarterbacks usually get taken by that point as well. So welcome to the podcast and the YouTube channel. If you're brand new here, my name is Sal Vetri. I cover fantasy sports in a variety of different areas and we're just buckling up. We're getting on our our roller coaster right now, our harness, and we're going up the hill towards fantasy football 2020 season. I'm very excited for it. If you are as well, please do take a second of your time. If you enjoy this content or if you just want to be nice, hit that like button right there. The big old subscribe button is going pop-up. At any point during this video, if you feel like you're getting value in the bottom right hand corner, you can hit the subscribe button. It really does help me out. And now my Supreme Draft Guide is up. It's been up for a couple weeks. People are loving it right now. I'm hearing a lot of feedback in the positive direction and really not at all any feedback. I haven't heard anything in the negative direction right now. So you can check out the Supreme Draft Guide down below. And because of Monkey Knife Fight, they're going to be giving it to you for free as a bonus. You can check out that offer below. All of that is for free. I've been spending months on it. You can check it out as just sort of a little teaser. We're talking about Jonathan Taylor, a rookie running back, right? You want to go to the rookie profiles on the site? And this site is going to look Very, very nice. Well, you go there, you click Jonathan Taylor's name, bam, you get a little rookie profile. That's gonna be for every single rookie running back, every single rookie receiver, tight end, all those things. But not only that, just also the normal players as well. It's gonna be close to 200 player profiles by the time it's all said and done. Go ahead, check it out. That's just one piece of the puzzle, right? Rankings, stats, databases, all that stuff. I'm not gonna show you everything because obviously I want you to sign up for it. So that's linked down below. You can check all that out. That is a supreme draft guide. It is out right now. What are you waiting for? You'll beat your league mates if you go and get it. So go get it right now. So let's start it off with the second round pick, the ninth pick of the second round in the NFL draft. The first virtual draft it was, and you ended up seeing Jonathan Taylor and the Colts ended up trading up for him. Now, Ballard, their GM said in the off season, he was reported to saying it to Colin Coward and a couple of other beat writers that he really liked Michael Pittman and he wanted Michael Pittman to be a Colt. He really liked Jonathan Taylor and he wanted Jonathan Taylor to be a Colt. And he was hoping to get later in the draft, Jacob Easton, a quarterback, and he got all three of those guys. So he got all those guys, but he had to force his way to Jonathan Taylor because he took Michael Pittman with the second pick in the second round and was probably telling himself, I like Michael Pittman more than Jonathan Taylor. We need this need at Wide receiver for sure before we need the need at running back when we have guys like Marlon Mack and just a great offensive line that anybody, even Naeem Himes, can probably find some success behind, although he hasn't in the past. So they go ahead and they take Michael Pittman. Seven picks later, they trade up to be able to take Jonathan Taylor because they're saying, How is this guy falling off the board? How are other players going ahead of him right now? The DeAndre Swift, the Clyde Edwards helaire at the first, the final pick of the first round, those types of things. So they get their guy, Jonathan Taylor, out of Wisconsin. Now, what did Jonathan Taylor do at Wisconsin? Let's just start with 2019 and look at his entire career. As you can see, I'm putting it up on the screen for 2019. Right Now, well, he's graded as a 91 overall from Pro Football Focus. That's very good. He rushed 320 times for over 2,000 yards and 21 touchdowns. Last year, he was without a doubt, not even close, the best pure zone runner in the college football whole entire landscape. And when you're transitioning from a zone running scheme in college, like Wisconsin runs and probably one of the best, if not the best zone running scheme in college football to the NFL, that is the easiest transition and the best transition to go from because you're already running in a pro style offense. His comps are Zeke coming out of college, DeMarco Murray, some big names, both of them just uh, coincidentally being former Cowboys. He ran a 4.39 so he's got the speed. He's got the size 5'11", 226 pounds. This is what you want. You want a guy who's just pretty much standing there at six feet, 225 pounds of muscle, and he's just going to be absolutely dynamite. And his speed and acceleration, And if you're looking right over my screen right now, the speed score and 40-yard dash time are above the tops in the entire nation. This guy was absolutely electric in college. He forced 89 missed tackles, which was number four in college football last year. And here's the kick. And here's at least what the quote-unquote kick in the draft process and everybody wanted to say about him. Oh, the guy can't catch. All right, well, he had 26 receptions on 37 targets last year, 242 yards. So he had drops. Drops were an issue. I'll give you that. He's had fumbling issues. Those were all an issue. I'll give you all those things. I'm going to bet on the fact that uh, that is not something that at least we see a long track record. record of not being able to fix it, especially when you're this premier of a talent. Like Jonathan Taylor would have been a top 10 pick four to five years ago. He is, in my opinion, the same way I view Jonathan Taylor is how I viewed Ezekiel Elliott coming out of the draft and Saquon Barkley. Those were guys who just had superior talents. Now, Jonathan Taylor's situation is a little bit different because it's not automatically his backfield like it was for Saquon, like it was for Zeke. But I have a very strong feeling that it will be very soon because that's how good of a talent he is. Why wasn't he picked in the top 10 then, Sal? Because people don't value running backs anymore. Look at every single running back holding out after their first contract ends or right now with Alvin Cook and Joe Mixon one year left on their rookie deals because they're trying to get more money because nobody values running backs. So instead of just being locked into paying these guys more money, because when you draft them in the first round, you automatically have to pay them more money. Just draft them at the beginning of the second round where you have to drop pay them significantly less money. Saquon Barkley getting guaranteed millions and millions of dollars because he went second overall in the top five. Same thing for Leonard Fournette. You can say the same things for Ezekiel Elliott, although Saquon's deal was more recent, so he was getting more money. You don't have to do that when you take Jonathan Taylor in the second round. You don't have to do it when you take any of these running backs in the second round. DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Clatters, were Edward Lair, probably Cam Akers. All would have been first round picks. J.K. Dobbins even up there as well if this was likely five to six years ago. Three of five, if not all of those five guys are going in the first round, but running back has been completely devalued when you're looking at the Super Bowl last year and both of the starting running backs and Damian Williams and Raheem Mostar were undrafted free agents. So when you look at his entire career in college and he arguably can be said to be the best zone pure runner in college football history. Now it's a bold statement, but he is in that argument, Jonathan Taylor. That's how good he was in college. He has the, he has a better skill set on the ground than Saquon Barkley. Now Saquon's better with the balls than Hand without a doubt, when it comes to just the passing and receiving game, and he's probably a more elusive back. Although Jonathan Taylor rivals him in that department, but people have to start thinking about Jonathan Taylor as if he is another Saquon Barkley coming out of college, because that's how good this kid is. He's the best running back from this draft without question. You can tell me that you're excited for Clyde Overthaler to catch uh, 50 checkdowns this year from Patrick Mahomes. That's that's fine because he got 55 last year checkdowns from Joe Burrow, but he only scored one receiving touchdown, and his average yards uh, per reception was absolutely brutal. And he was pretty much being targeted at the line of scrimmage as if he was James White. And there is a good role for that in the NFL, but. James- James. James White, we see him as an RB3 in fantasy. I understand the offense is different. I do like Clyde Ebert hillair this year. But when we're talking skill sets, let's not compare these guys eye for eye. Jonathan Taylor's skill set is way better. But obviously, the factors of what offense you're in, get into that a little bit. But his career in college, Jonathan Taylor, 925 carries in three years some people might say, oh my God, he's running the ball 307 times a year. Should we be concerned about the workload 308 times a year? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a concern, but I also think that he's 21 and a half years old right now. And the peak of this guy's career is going to be the next four to five years. So I think he's fine. We have a long history of guys seeing that much work, 300 plus touches in college for many years and still being fine in the NFL. He rushed for over 6,100 yards and 50 touchdowns, 4.2 yards per carry at 55 total touchdowns. When you factor in the receiving game, he only had 42 receptions in three years, 14 per year that averages out to, but he did see a 10.3% target that's very good. Anytime you're above like eight and a half, nine 9% in college as a running back in your target chair, you're being targeted. He was at 10.3%. So I'm still failing to see where everybody's saying he can't catch. This is what happened. He's coming out of a draft where Clatterbirds Lair just did historical things because his team checked down to him. And honestly, he was a good pass catching running back and they made a deep run. So he got to play more games. And then DeAndre Swift, potentially the best pass catcher in this entire draft are coming out. So he's being compared to them in those regards. And obviously he's not going to be on the same level, at least right now, as those two guys coming out of college in the passing game. So all of a sudden he just had a bad passing game role. No, he was an average to an above. average pass catcher in college. In my opinion, it just ended up being that he wasn't as good as the other guys coming out in the draft. Even Cam Akers, you can throw into that bucket. J.K. Dobbins is pretty eye for eye with Jonathan Taylor in that regard. So now it's all these big five running backs. The worst pass catcher, you throw Keyshawn Vaughn in there, these big six rookie running backs, the worst pass catcher out of all of them is Jonathan Taylor. So he's just a bad pass catcher. That's not true at all. You just had a very exceptional pass catching running back core of draft picks going early at the running back position. He did drop eight of 65 targets. I'll give you that. He he dropped balls and, and he fumbled. So those were concerns. And those are things that I'm banking on at least they're going to change when he transitions to the NFL and has an entire offseason to really work on that one weakness and really the glaring weakness of his game. But I'm going to throw up Graham Barfield suite because this perfectly does what I want it to do. Jonathan Taylor's final year receiving at Wisconsin alone last year, right? 14 games. He had those 26 receptions, 252 yards and five touchdowns. Okay. So that's fantastic. I just said that that's a pretty good year. Melvin Gordon, the entire three years while he was at Wisconsin, right? Entire three years. Melvin Gordon, who came out and was an adequate to well above average, I guess you can say at one point, and maybe even right now, pass catcher, when he was with Philip Rivers coming out of college, going to the Chargers in 41 games. So when 27 more games played, he ended up seeing four less receptions. He ended up seeing about 30 less yards and one less touchdown than Jonathan Taylor did just last year alone. So, okay. Offensive lines might be different. Game plan might be different, but just in general, this is what I'm saying. You can't judge a guy on that. You have to judge him based on the offense he's going in and based on what he produced. Jonathan Taylor already proved that he can catch passes last year in a very good way. And now he gets the exact same quarterback, historical check down friendly Philip Rivers, who Melvin Gordon got to go from not even being used in the passing game in college to catching 50 plus balls in the NFL with Philip Rivers. And I expect that role to be very similar to what Jonathan Taylor will be have at some point in this season. So I'm just going to pop up the pros and cons in the screen. Just a good zone runner, if not the best that we've really ever seen. He breaks tackles with ease. Uh, he was number three in yards after contact, number three in enforcement tackles, and number two in 15 plus yard runs. So Jonathan Taylor, what did he bring? Elusiveness, power, sophistication, being able to read his blocks, intelligence, and then also just explosion and breakaway percentage with those 15 plus yard runs. Now, what are his downsides. And this should be in quotes, pass catching role is his downside relative to the other running backs in this draft, relative to his skill set for the specific team with Philip Rivers. I think he's actually going to be adequate there. The big downside is a 12.3% drop rate. That's not good. And he had 17 fumbles throughout college. That's very bad. I mean, if you're fumbling the ball five or six times a year, you're just not going to last in the NFL, but that's unless you're Chris Carson, but that's something that I think can get picked up. And then you might knock this as a concern, but a huge workload of 925 carries alone. When you factor in his receptions, he ended up touching the ball over 960, 60 times in college. That is a little bit concerning. If you think uh tread on his tires is a concern, I still think he's 21 and a half years old. So maybe if he was 24 years old coming out of college as a running back, I would say so, or 23, but not at 21 and a half. I think he's uh, very young. He was taking on that workload at 18 and 19. I don't think it's a concern for me. So he's going into an offense now, the Colts offense, and let's just talk about what they did in the offseason. season. They added Phillip Rivers right there with Drew Brees as a historical check down friendly quarterback. So some people might want to scream out, Naeem Himes is going to catch six passes a game. No, he's not. He might not even be on this team, to be honest with you. He might be a cut candidate and people might think that that's crazy, but Lashawn McCoy got cut last year. So I don't think it's that crazy. And then you have Marlon Mack back there, who I think is actually pretty good, but in my opinion, a poor man's Jonathan Taylor, based on the skill set, the age difference, and just the overall prime abilities that I think Jonathan Taylor has. Again, I think he has the talent of Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott coming out of college, probably closer to Zeke, which you can see player profile Thompson to Zeke on the screen right above my head. Outside of that, in additions, they get Trey Burton to kind of fill the role of Eric Ebron, who quit on the team last year. And now he'll probably back up or play one-on-one a little bit rotating in and out because they like to use two tight ends with a guy in Jack Doyle. So they do lose Darren Funches, who played a game for them, Eric Ebron, not much there in loss department, just out losing some offensive linemen. In the NFL draft, they get Pittman and Taylor in that second round trading up for Jonathan Taylor. They get their potential quarterback of the future, who I'm not too big on, but we'll see in Jacob Eason. And then a later round wide receiver in Patman and Pinter as well. They end up getting an offensive lineman in the fifth round. So they don't really need offensive line help because their offensive line is pretty much all returning this year. And their offensive line is absolutely fantastic. So before we get into the backfield competition, their offensive line last year, top five in the entire. entire. Entire league and run blocking top five overall. This is a fantastic situation for potentially the best pure runner in college football last year, definitely, but college football history now going behind the best pure running offensive tackle in Quentin Nelson the last two years. Not even close. He's been a top five player in the entire NFL, Quentin Nelson, and without question, the best offensive tackle in the running department and overall the last two years. So that's going to help him. They're bringing back all of their offensive linemen for the most part. They all played 5,000 snaps total last year, a 1,000 plus snaps combined together last year on that line. So very cohesive unit. So that's good to see. Now he's going to go behind Matt. It's just a perfect fit, in my opinion, for his skill set. And then you look at what that rush offense did last year. So let's take a look at the backfield competition now. In the backfield competition will be Marlon Mack, Naeem Himes, and Jordan Wilkins. Wilkins likely going to be cut. I did say Naeem Himes like, could get cut. It's a could. He's likely not going to, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. He has two years left on his deal. You can see right here. Uh, it's a four-year deal for $3.81 million. He is due only $750,000 this year. He's not due all that much overall. I think they're going to keep him because he does fill a role for this team. But I wouldn't be shocked if, if it does come out that he gets cut. Oh, but they're talking him up right now. He can catch three balls. A game. Okay, yeah, they said the exact same thing for LaShawn McCoy last year about how they're excited to use him and how they're excited that they have Devin Singletary there to learn from LaShawn McCoy. And what happens a month later, they cut LaShawn McCoy. So I'm not going to listen too much about the coach speak, but I will say that it's likely he doesn't get cut, but I'm not shocked if he does. In 2019, he played on 32% of the snaps, had 52 carries for 199 yards. That's not that great, but he did catch 44 of 58 targets, which is pretty good. Like if you can just catch passes, you'll stay relevant in fantasy football and in your team's offense. He was tied for 16th with running back receptions and targets, averaged 6.6 fantasy fantasy points per game last year. But here's the big thing for Naeem Himes. I mean, why are you drafting Jonathan Taylor if you like Naeem Himes and Marlon Mack, right? Why do you want to trade up for him? Because you want to use the guy. I think a month into the season, Jonathan Taylor will be used. The issue with Naeem Himes is, yeah, he's been a nice pass catching running back, but that's an easy role to just kind of shift out by just drafting a guy who can do both. And in my opinion, Jonathan Taylor can do both a three down back. And if that's the case, Naeem Himes, who, when he's been given the opportunity to be the full-time back when Marlon Mack is injured these last couple of years, which Marlon Mack has gotten injured, he has been bad, right? They've had to go to Jonathan Williams. They've had to go to Jordan Wilkins because Naeem Himes just can't run in between the tackles. So, how useful are you if all you're doing is catching five and six yard passes and getting two yards or three yards after the catch, right? How useful can you be for this offense? I think you can be useful at times, but when your team goes and drafts and trades up for a three down back and Jonathan Taylor with elite talent, why are you still on this team? So, he has two years left in his deal. He'll probably play this year, and then I think they cut him next year, but there's just not a lot of use. I'm not buying the, oh, Naeem Himes is going to catch five passes this year. No, he is not. Every single game, no, he's not. Like, he caught 44 balls last year. I don't think he catches 44 balls this year. I think if you want to say the over unders around 40, I'd say the on that is going to happen. If he catches two passes a game and gets you 30 to 35 passes, that's fine, but that's not cutting into Jonathan Taylor's role, in my opinion, all that much. And that's not keeping Jonathan Taylor off the field all that much. Naim Himes is the number three running back in this team, and he's going to be used like that at some point this year, likely sooner rather than later. The second running back to talk about is Marlon Mack, the guy who should be the starter there, and the guy's been very good. He's a free agent next year. He's due $2.1 million this year. So he's not getting cut. He's due a lot of money, but he could be traded, and I wouldn't be shocked. Just think about Carlos Hyde when he was traded a couple of years ago when Nick Chubb started to break out. It was hard to not keep Nick Chubb on the field when he's breaking off 70-plus yard touchdowns. They trade Carlos Hyde. They get him out of there so they can make Nick Chubb the feature back. I'm not shocked that that happens with Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor's dynamic this year in the Colts' backfield. Last year, he played on 55.5% of the snaps. He actually got over 1,000 yards. He had 1,091 yards and eight touchdowns in just 14 games. He missed two games due to an injury. He saw 12.8 fantasy points per game. The guy doesn't catch passes. In college, he did, but they just haven't allowed him to catch passes in the NFL. Just 14 receptions on 17 targets. And because of Naeem Himes being back there, his pass catching role the last year and a half to two years has really been limited. But all that being said, even in 14 games, they fed the guy. They want to run the ball. That's that's there's no secret about that. Now maybe going from Jacoby Brissett to Phillip Rivers, they throw the ball a little bit more. Phillip Rivers likes to be aggressive. I don't know how much of a game manager Peyton Manning's last year esque Phillip Rivers is just going to turn around and, and only throw 18 times a game and hand the ball off 30 plus times a game. I don't see that happening all that often, but they do want to run the ball. Like their offensive line, their offense in general is built around running the ball. Their defense is built around not giving up big plays, playing a nice zone defense the last three to four years. And if that's going to be your plan and you can keep keep your opponents to within one score or you leading in those games, you're going to be able to successfully run the ball based on game script. So the backfield competition is the main question on why Jonathan Taylor is not a second round fantasy pick right now, because I don't think he's going to have a huge role until maybe the second month of the season. The first four to six weeks, you can kind of slate it off as him being a 30% guy to start, then a 40 and 50% guy. But his talent, the fact that they traded up for him, they're not going to waste his whole rookie year as a backup or a 30% snap guy behind my Mark Marlon Mack and oh my God, Naeem Himes. It's not happening. Think about Miles Sanders last year. Miles Sanders came on the final eight games of the year and he just blew up the final four to six games of the year. Really those final eight games, he started to blow up. So if you're drafting Jonathan Taylor in the fourth round, keep him on your bench thinking that for the first month to two months, he might not be helpful, but those final two months of the year for you, he's going to be what Miles Sanders was last year, a top five running back in the league and maybe not top five to that extent, but a top 10 running back. So when you're drafting him, don't have the perspective of I need this guy to start week one because then at that point, you're going to end up trading him for less than you should get. At that point, you should be thinking, I don't care if he does nothing for me for the first six to eight weeks. I've built a team that means that I don't need him for those first to six weeks. And if he does come right out of the gate as a starter, if he does by week three or week four start to be the starter even better at that point because he's in a rushing offense that outside of that fantastic offensive line led by Quinn Nelson last two years being the best run blocking offensive lineman in the entire league last year they were number five in rush attempts per game 29.4 they want to run the ball they saw 3.63 red zone rushing attempts per game these running backs saw Jonathan Taylor is going to be the red zone back. Again, it might be Marlon Mack the first two to three weeks. It's not going to be Naeem Himes. At some point, Jonathan Taylor is going to get red zone work, and he's probably going to rival for a six to eight touchdown season as a median, in my opinion, if he just sees the work that I think he's going to. Their offensive line was number 10 overall, but number two in run blocking. And again, they're really not using losing much on their offensive line, and they still have Quinn Nelson, which is a big thing. 4.4 receptions on 5.6 targets per game for these running backs. So they did target the running back, but a lot of that is skewed directly towards Naeem Himes production. And again, Marlon Mack was a thousand yard rusher in just fourteen. games games. Marlon Max saw 17.6 carries per game last year while playing injured, missing two games due to injury and playing injured for about three or four of those games on just 55% of the snaps. He was still able to flirt with a 1100 yard rushing season. And when you factor in his receiving game role, he ended up going for about 1170 total yards. So Jonathan Taylor for me is somebody that I love getting in the fourth round. If you get him in the fifth round, it's an automatic smash. If you're reaching for him in the third round, I don't think it's necessarily a huge reach, but it is a little bit paying a little too much for him, maybe slightly too much for him. But right now based on where he's going on average in the fourth, I think he is a steal. I I think that you're getting a guy who in the final half of the season can honestly be a top five running back on your team. And I would be shocked if he's not week in and week out flirting with RB1 potential, meaning a top 12 back for that week. Jonathan Taylor behind this offensive line in this offense with a quarterback who loves checking the ball down. And I think his pass catching abilities are much higher than what people are giving him credit for is an absolute dynamite pick. If you get him in the fifth or fourth round, in my opinion, the talent of Ezekiel Elliott coming out of college, who was a first round pick? Cause there's no competition. The talent of Saquon Barkley, who was a first round pick in fantasy and just real life, but also fantasy. Both those guys because there's no competition in their backfield. Because Marlon Mack is in this backfield, and some people want to say Naeem Himes is in this backfield, people are taking Jonathan Taylor in the fourth and fifth rounds right now in drafts or in the late third round. You're getting the guy with the same skill set. You just have to forego the first four to six weeks. If you can just sit patient and think that for after the four to six weeks, you're going to have an RB1 on your roster already with your first three or four picks in that draft of whatever RB1s and twos you got, you're going to be set up very, very nicely. I like Jonathan Taylor a lot right now. So that's where I'm at on Jonathan Taylor. This is the breakdown for Jonathan Taylor. Please, please, please hit that like button right now. The big old subscribe button just popped up. You can check that out. And right here, you can see all the rookie profiles for running backs. You can see the drop down comes down for all the other positions. The rankings are all right here as well. This is all on my site, which is fantasy sports focus right now. The draft guide is out. The supreme draft guide is officially out on fantasy sports focus. It is linked down below. You can get it totally for free. Thanks to monkey knife fight. You can see the offer down below to that landing page, the key stats, all these things. And I'm going to continue to add premium content all throughout the summer for all inclusive costs, right? You pay once right now, everything that I add throughout the summer, you get automatically included for it. So be sure to check all of that out. Big subscribe button. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Get into the discord, get the top 25 running back rankings. All that stuff is free. Roam around in the description below to check out the draft guide, check out all the free stuff, reach out with any questions that you might have in the comments below or over on Twitter at DFS. Thank you so much for tuning into this one. My name is Sal and I will see you all in the next one.